You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes Dead Air Knife here with always... El Typical Lydia. <laughs> Today's show, we're going to be doing the 2006 just fucking horror show. El Masquerado Massacre. Also known as WrestleManiac. Which always starts the Animaniac theme song in my head. Well, to me, it makes me just think of WrestleMania, which is probably why they named it WrestleManiac, because it's a funny play on words, I suppose. You think so? No. But it certainly lets people know what they're in for. Lydia, let me ask you a serious question. And I, I've asked this a disturbing number of times recently. What made you choose this movie? <laughs> Rest assured, it will probably be one of the last films I choose up until Cujo, <laughs> which I know you're looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what made me choose this movie? The title. Now I was with you when you bought this movie. <laughs> yeah. Now, what made me choose this movie is just how many times I spent Saturdays watching wrestling and how the only thing that really ever kept my attention in wrestling, aside from horror characters like Undertaker and Mankind and people like that, were the high flyers like Rey Mysterio, the Guerreros, like... Mm-hmm luchadors mm-hmm. supplanted into wwe or at the time wwf wrestling mm-hmm. very very interesting and very fun to watch and late late at night my dad would watch i guess at the time you just call it like midget wrestling right yeah so it's what it's not very popular anymore no it's not <laughs> yeah at all but that was super entertaining besides that and the gorgeous ladies of wrestling which were always on it seemed like after midnight instead of watching racy blue movies that's what my dad chose to watch late at night right Mm -hmm. or maybe that's what he turned the channel to when i walked in the room i don't know Mm -hmm. but i spent a lot of time with my dad watching wrestling right okay and to see the the two things blended in one film i saw another reviewer refer to this as what could have been the peanut butter cup of horror right? It's a slasher with luchadors. Two great tastes tastes great together. Oh my god, it should. It really should. And it kind of does for me. There's things <laughs> in this movie that I just love. And it's, you know, if you're going to sit down and watch uh, one of those brain-wasting, you know, insert tape, turn brain off, watch horror movies, and a lot of people do treat horror like that. Yep, and that's true. Look out for these, you know, really silly movies that no one else really likes, but it's the silliness that they're watching it for. It's almost like a a hipster thing to do a little bit yeah this would probably count as one of those that i would say okay yes i can see why people would do that because this is a kind of film that i enjoyed thoroughly it's almost like a comedy for me well let me tell you lydia lydia as you know and dear listeners as you're about to know one of my favorite things to do and i've always been a bit of a contrarian so when i go into horror movies or anything any anything at all that is typically dubbed as a lesser medium, horror, comic books, whatever. Even if the story is dumb, even if the story just doesn't make any fucking sense, 
I'll try to put smarts to it and I'll try to overthink it and I'll try to say, no, what you don't understand. And I'll repitch it as something really, really cool. And I love doing that to people because they'll say like, oh, that movie's dumb. And I'm like, well, what about this movie? And then I start pitching them this thing and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds really good. I'm like, that's literally the movie that we just watched. It's just, sometimes you just got to say it a different way. I can't. I can't with WrestleMania. I'm sorry. When you repitch this movie to me, it sounds brilliant. <laughs> I'm still hooked. I'm still into it. So listeners, you, you say, I'll, I'll tell the listeners what I told you. Yeah, what's this movie about, Wes? This movie is about a Frankenstein wrestler built by the Mexican government to win the 1960s Summer Olympics against the Russians, but instead goes insane, kills people in the ring, and then is sent to an abandoned town where he subsequently hunts and kills a group of people who went here to film a porno. It's the porno thing that made me laugh. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, Frankenstein's army? This is going to kick the ass out of See No Evil. Fuck, I want to see this movie. I still want to see this fucking movie. That said, I still want to see this movie. Because this movie that you just pitched hasn't quite been made. It has not been made. What they made was WrestleManiac. And some people might scoff that there's a, a sequel. Uh, I wouldn't say in the works, but people are looking forward to making a sequel. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Because if they would have had some of their ducks in a row, or the ducks that they had in a row hadn't died on them or scurried <laughs> away, it would have been what we want it would have been that reese's peanut butter cup of horror i'm convinced because they had the stars just hadn't aligned what that's what i think because there are some things in this film where you can see the filmmaker is competent hmm. the script is half there it really is the story is you know i'm hooked on the premise i'm hooked on that summary even <laughs> if it ends with the, like to film a porno <laughs> There's just some elements missing. And when you look at some of the literature online and the interviews, it was supposed to be filmed in a abandoned, insane asylum. Which is a cool environment to film anything in. Totally. And I, I would have loved that. I didn't know that till after seeing it, of course. I didn't know that until you told me that 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And I instantly, my brain went, oh, well, that would have been more interesting to me. And it would have made more sense about why they brought this guy here. Because the whole time I was watching this flick, I, w I said to myself, why are they bringing this guy to this town? It doesn't make any sense. Is it because it's isolated and out of the way? People lived here. This is not a secure location. What's keeping him here? Maybe that's where he was born. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's there's those little, not plot holes, but just unspoken things that <laughs> plot abysses that you can drive plot through <laughs> abysses. um if it had been in the salem okay that's exactly why he's there yeah. it's almost like why leatherface hangs out at the abandoned abattoir still mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. same sort of reason you don't need a reason you it's, know the reason. it's the reason's built in it's funny that you're getting that you mentioned old leatherface because i have something to say to that well then <laughs> It was uh, produced and written by Jesse Badgett, mm -hmm. and apparently he's quoted as saying that he, when two days before filming, the abandoned insane asylum they were going to be filming in was condemned, so they were mm -hmm. out of fucking luck. Mm -hmm. They basically went through the script and deleted every instance of the word insane asylum and put in town, mm -hmm. ghost town. Mm -hmm. It's slapdash. It's 
the fact you're dealing with like indie filmmaking where you don't have a lot of fucking wiggle room. There's no elasticity there. This mm -hmm. is the weekend you have booked off work. This is the weekend everyone can get together. It's worse than hurting cats. Any filmmaker will know that. Any Setting up a photo shoot is fucking damn near impossible when you're dealing with talent, especially if no one, if everyone doesn't live together. If you're dealing with more than three people, it can be hell. So they were fucking stuck. It was either make a movie or not. I'm always a more a bigger fan of produce the work, you know? Um, if you have that kind of time set aside, even money set aside, you have who knows what they had rented, who knows what they had already poured money into. They can't not make the film at that point. Mm -hmm. It would have just been sad if it would have folded, really. We would have never heard about it in a way, but I think it's really sad. There's a lot of novelists that write novels and... They should maybe be trunked, like me. You know, oh, I always now. I think that about some of my stuff. No, but you have it and it's done. What are you supposed to do with it? Mm -hmm. You're either supposed to dig a deep hole and bury it, and forget about it. That's horrible, kind of, mm -hmm. or release it. Yeah, the first comic that I have ready to go, where we have completed issues and the script is completed. Um, I've already been in discussions with the artist that if we get back to that spot. It's the whole thing is getting thrown out and we're redoing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, I've grown as a writer. She's grown as an artist. So what we have here does not represent us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's looking back a few years. Mm -hmm. Instead of having a completed thing ready to go and Anchor Bay knocking at the door and a name attached, Ray Mysterio Sr. Mm -hmm. They don't put the senior part on the box. They just say Ray Mysterio. And when I was watching the movie, I was like, I feel like. His tattoos look different to me because I know the tattoos on Rey Mysterio's body. And, and I, I was like, I'm not seeing the 619. I'm not seeing any of this stuff. And But I, but I was like, he kind of has the same body shape, but he's wearing a mask. So I don't know what's going on here. And then when I was like, oh, senior. I was like, is he a senior? I was like, no. The guy I knew from the... From hey, Ray Ray is definitely a junior. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like it's a little bit of... Uh, false marketing there they could have put that senior in there so they should have yes but look one real look at him and you know or if you do any sort of research i wonder mm. if you flip the box over i'd have to take a look at it if it does credit him as ray mysterio senior but i'm still fine with it i'm still on board <laughs> five minutes into this movie i had made a decision in my head lydia when i was watching all these characters sort of driving down a bumpy dirt road in a big van that this is a dark gritty reboot of scooby-doo and the big fat guy is the dog and the guy driving the car is fred and shaggy is obviously the stoner yeah and you have like velma and daphne in the back and as to the woman who's unconscious on the floor i was struggling reeling you might say. And then I just kind of decided she was scrappy. Dude. Yeah, that's the only one <laughs> left, really. But then scrappy. again, she's, she's kind of hammered and doesn't really have a lot to do. So maybe she was Scooby's dumb cousin whose name is escaping me right now. The gray dog. The gray dog. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the name either. But yeah, that would make sort of sense if that dog were sleeping all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she spends most of this movie doing, for sure. Yeah. It's weird to me. That when I was watching this flick, I guess the only thing I could figure was that they just wanted another body for some reason. Because I, I, maybe just to have a larger body count because that was important to them. That woman may as well have been a lamp. 
Honestly. One of the other things that had crossed my mind is maybe she was really that drunk. And what they were dealing with, I guess, when you think about it, they had just had their location torn out from under them. Someone's going to get fucking depressed and drunk. So maybe it was her. Maybe she was actually that fucking drunk. It's crazy to me because when you think about it, a lot of things had to change if you're changing locations. How these, how and where these characters died would have had to have changed. Yeah. So how things are lit, yeah. how you introduce the character. Because if you say insane asylum, it, it, if you told me that your ingredients are killer, teenagers, insane asylum, I say okay. Well, if we're in an insane asylum, let's get some people dying via implements that would be in an insane asylum. Yeah, someone's definitely getting electrocuted. Yeah. Shock therapy. Yeah, shock therapy. Someone's getting drowned in the water therapy tub. You could torture someone while they're strapped down to a bed. You could... uh, There's all kinds of things. You could even do kind of a a vague Scooby-Doo-esque, like running from room to room in the hallway with all the doors. You just love Scooby-Doo too much. I don't love Scooby-Doo too much, but I can't help but make references to Scooby-Doo. And I've actually... When we listen back to a lot of shows, I do mention Scooby-Doo a lot. Yes, you do. Insane asylums, though, someone is definitely getting their wrists cut and they're being thrown off the top of the building. That's another point that I was actually going to make. I, I, as I, When you're in an insane asylum, you have access to multiple floors. Someone's definitely getting chucked out a window. Yeah. yeah. Or the roof, like you said. Yeah. So but, all these things were probably, or something similar, written into the script because <clears throat> the writing isn't terrible. Well. I didn't say the writing was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well... No, I suppose it's not terrible. I suppose the fact that each one of these characters is as stock as Filmation probably would have liked them to have been. Because mm-hmm. it, it's so weird to me. It, it's like, when when they introduced the idea of them shooting a porn, I, I said, okay, well, that's something I haven't really seen before, whether specifically going to a place to shoot a pornography because when I looked at the van, I was like, okay, loudmouth douchebag in big aviator sunglasses and a cowboy hat. You have a kid who's a stoner who the van belongs to. He's wearing like a fucking lover boy headband and a Hawaiian shirt. You have this overweight dorky guy that loves wrestling and is the guy holding the video camera and doesn't seem to give a shit they're shooting a porn not at all does not care and and it's weird and everyone like makes fun of him all the time and he doesn't he doesn't even like stop making he doesn't has it's nothing it's nothing one of the things that i'll respect about that character is he is totally fine with himself clearly because it doesn't bother him that and, and then and then of course you have these three women one of whom we've already talked about is just passed out. She though the whole first half an hour, thirty minutes of the movie, she doesn't have one bit of dialogue. Yeah, and she maybe has two or three lines of dialogue, and then that's that's that with her. And then you have these two women who are, uh, I suppose, they're porn stars that they're going to be using. And even when the inebriated girl is introduced into the three way that they are going to film mm-hmm. in this abandoned ranch in this ghost town or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, she is almost as responsive as an overdosing Marla Singer. She yeah. <laughs> almost falls off of the bar. Yeah. And then yeah. she has to go and throw up and then that's pretty much all you see of her. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Which I think is kind of hilarious, but, uh, <laughs> They have, uh, 
who I suppose is just like Velma and Daphne. Uh, they are super into each other, the high energy. One of them, um, Layla Milani, actually was uh, part of the WWE diva search when they were doing that. Oh, cool. So that's probably how she became attached. Yeah. And she's also, she, she's got star billing in this. You wouldn't know that because, oh, we'll get into that whole thing. It's ridiculous to me. But anyway. One thing is, it's not a WWE film. No, it's not a WWE film at all. It just... We recently covered Oculus, which is a WWE film and has a wrestling move. Um, this is not related to the WWE at all. And I'm sure if it had been, there would be some differences. They would have had more money and they probably would have been able to secure this location and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it does have some links to that filmmaking squad, mm-hmm. which is just weird to me. I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, you have these kids driving kids i mean they're all in their 20s it's not teenagers they definitely seem to be in their 20s they're driving they're they're trying to get to a beach uh, and they have completely missed the one freeway that they're supposed to go to and so you have this ridiculous scene where they're all sort of doing a little bit of exposition we know that the stoner's the owner of the van and he's the sister of or he's the brother of one of the uh, the blonde woman the 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 Dallas was one of their names. I don't know. <laughs> Dallas, Debbie, and Daisy. Oh, God. Well, so he's either... <laughs> it's Maybe it's Debbie because Daisy would have the least amount of lines. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. And then you have... So you have these three, I guess, actresses and this one guy who's going to be producing this thing and also starring in it who's just coked out of his mind, or he will be soon, and just so high energy and so insulting. And I was just like, ugh, this character, we're doing this. And I, and I thought to myself, I hope he dies soon, at the very least. He gets frustrated because he, he, he clearly takes a wrong turn. Not wrong turn. He doesn't take the only turn that he's probably supposed to fucking make. Because th- they repeatedly say that... This is one road, there's one freeway, that's all you have to do, and he misses it. Buddy has shown him the freaking map, he gets frustrated with the map, and is like, stupid maps, and throws it out the window. Which is everyone's favorite move, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It, it, it started me wondering Who what... Who does that? It started me wondering what year this is supposed to take place in, because there's a couple of weird things where I say to myself, when is this? Maps? Who's yeah. using Maps. Right? They have a fairly sophisticated camera. It's a digital camera. But yet they're still relying on paper maps. Does nobody here have a smartphone? Well, if it was filmed in 2006, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just in the cusp of smartphones, like the accessibility of GPS Mm -hmm. on your smartphones, right? Okay, okay. All right. Maybe I was too harsh. Yeah. And if it's even placed a few years before that, maps were a thing for sure. It's crazy to me. But you still shouldn't throw maps out the window. That drives me craziest. That, that was one of the things that I remember in the Blair Witch Project yeah. that drove me fucking crazy. Where the big reveal is that the guy thought the map was stupid, so he threw it away. Why anyone would have the thought process of throwing away their map when they can't read a map. When they're in a group of people who probably collectively could figure out that map. Where one of the characters in this movie knows how to read the map. And like, I don't need no map. If you ever want to get stabbed 75 times in the chest, 
go somewhere with me and throw a map away. <laughs> you know, especially if you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Well, don't worry, because they'll find Erwin Keys and, and he'll help you out. Because that's the dude that you really want helping you out. What? I think it's a fine scene. And especially when you're warned away from places. That's my other favorite thing in horror films. He didn't really strike me as a guy that they would find in the Mexican backwoods. He just spoke English a little bit too well. And when he said gringo, I just felt like his heart wasn't in it. He hadn't practiced saying gringo in the mirror a thousand times in the week leading up. I, 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 <laughs> this might have been a supplanted scene entirely. Because remember, they're supposed to be in an insane asylum. This is supposed to be something like and it honestly, Grave Encounters. You're right. But, and yeah. it honestly could have been fucking filmed anywhere. And they don't say he's Mexican. He just keeps calling them gringo. <laughs> He could have decided to just go out there one day, open a taco stand, and fuck life. It's a, the opposite of RVing with the wife across the United States. Mm-hmm. He just went down there, opened a taco stand or gas station or whatever to whatever. get away from it all. Now, he's a fairly good help. He asks where, they ask them where they are because one of the ladies has to pee. Now, they don't, uh, uh, they don't really want to stop the car. It's actually like a big thing to like stop the van to let her go to the bathroom and... Because this guy's all about, like, we got to get where we're going. We got to get where we're going. And they stop, let her use the bathroom. There's one of what I'll call many gratuitous ass shots in this movie where I guess it's supposed to be the characters looking at the women's butts, but it's just us, the camera, looking at the women's butts. Especially butt. when they're alone. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're having a hard time, aren't you? <laughs> well, it's just, to me, the idea that... The idea that they ask this dude for help, and they seem satisfied with, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and then they seem satisfied with, we're going to drive either 100 miles in this direction, or not so far in a different direction... And then you will get back and, and you have to go past this crazy ghost town and then get gas for what? Drive the back the way you came. You know which fucking highway you missed. The only one that's there. Drive back. They made they throw a line out about how they've been driving for six hours, which is adorable to me that you could be driving for six hours in the wrong direction. But the fact that they just they're knee-jerk reaction isn't to turn the van around and go back the way they came when none of them know where they're going. But at this point, Alphonse become intrigued because he's kind of decided that they're... I think he's just decided that he wants to go to this ghost town. He does. He's very excited because he, we find out, is a wrestling fan. Not just any wrestling fan. He's a luchador fan. Huge. Now, any of our listeners who are fans of wrestling... And fans of horror, because you're listening to a horror podcast, not a wrestling podcast, would know that luchadors in Mexico are basically living gods. When people are wrestling fans and they love the luchadors and lucha libre style wrestling, these guys are icons like you fucking read about. Like sumo wrestlers are in Japan. Exactly. Yeah. Now, horror and um, wrestling in Mexico actually go back a ways. And if you're interested in reading any of articles about these types of movies, Santo versus like the Wolfman and Frankenstein and all these types of things, Scott's Horror Corner 
uh, on spottedpictures.net has a bunch of articles that talk all about the Luce Libre uh, horror crossover movies from, I think, the 70s, the 60s and the 70s, I think the 70s spe in, uh, specific, where one of their arguably biggest luchadors of all time got into the movies and what do you have a luchador do in the movies <laughs> you fight frankenstein and, and stuff like that i think the only one i ever saw was enter zombie king and that's not exactly it's not precisely what we're talking about but no, let me tell you but it's hilarious it's pretty great they're 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 really fun movies and if you like wrestling and you like cheesy let me tell you i like those way more than i like abbott and costello meets anything oh my god yeah except completely. the bottom of my shoe as i stomp their faces in <laughs> you really dislike Abbott and Costello I that really much. Don't get me started about the, one of the most overrated, annoying comedy duos in I the would history. Much rather watch WrestleManiac than any of those. Yeah, I can't yeah. stand it. I, I was like, if you want to see, like, look, I'm a man child, and I cannot stand to watch these man children screaming at the top of their lungs while people run around the corner and just miss what they're fucking talking about and repeat that ad nauseum yeah. for an hour and a half and there's your abedin castello meets everything movies yeah yeah anyways yeah not entertaining in the least anyway enter zombie king though <laughs> where were we i was like this oh right luchadors, so yeah yeah so so luchadors are massive and so it stands to reason that when someone is a mexican wrestling fan that they go whole hog. This guy definitely does because he's got an El Tigre mask in his back pocket that he is just ready to bust out. No one seems to really be, hey man, why did you bring that mask with you? Must just be something he keeps with him at all times. But um, if he's that big of a fan, like if, if you're talking Lucha Libre, who, who they embody their mask yeah. entirely and forever, mm -hmm. you know, and they are so intrinsically linked to their masks, wearing them almost steadily in public. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course he would carry his mask if he's that big of a fan and it's that ingrained. And this is, you know, almost, this is more than 10 years ago before there was that sort of misappropriated hipster fucking fascination with Lucha Libre, where you can go down to the market and there's like a wall of fucking lucha masks that you can go and buy mm -hmm. maybe not to carry around in your back pocket 24 7 but no one who's buying those are that sort of fan mm -hmm. he didn't buy this from some carnival huckster mm -hmm. at all he's that big of a fan that he's probably had it either styled after el tigre or it was an actual mask that belonged in the family like it probably has some sort of provenance this mask that he keeps in his back pocket mm -hmm. <laughs> i do trust that he's that big of a fan, that Ur it has a lot more importance than just some carnival prize. He busts it out because Erwin Keyes busts his mask out. Um, and I, I, there, it's a bit of a scene, I suppose. I think this is probably akin to, you know that scene, is it is it Clerks, where the one clerk bonds with the guy in line because they both have uh, Lord of the Rings rings? Oh, that's uh, Clerks 3. Clerks yeah. 3? That's Clerks 3. Wow. Okay. 
The clerks, yeah, that's clerks three. It reminds me a lot of how people will bond over like Lord of the Rings if they both have like a Lord of the Rings ring or something like that, or mm-hmm. people who will bond over their you know a, rebel tattoos yeah, or band T-shirt or any anything, right? Yeah. yeah, same sort of idea, just a little more animated. Yeah, very very animated. Yeah, a little more rare too. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that drew me to this film is that they have the like they have Rey Mysterio Senior. That might as well be a Guerrero in my mind. Mm-hmm. This is this long line of high flying, then supplanted to the WWE luchador wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It's a cool provenance, just like the mask of El Tigre. Mm-hmm. Now, Erwin Keyes explains to them that one of the places that they could go is 100 miles away. I keep wanting to say kilometers, but it's miles. Yeah. And they only got 50 miles of, uh, 50 miles of gas in their tank. So they can't make the destination that they want to go to. But he says that there's another way that they can go, not back the way they came, but of course, this new direction where they pass by this ghost town. This ghost town is La Sangre de Dios. And instantaneously, instantaneously, our luchador fan becomes super wide-eyed and animated. And, And one of the things I respect about this writing is he gets not only excited about the fact that they're going to be going near this town. But he is incredulous that people don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So this is sort of like when uh, you find out that Bind Torture Cast records somewhere near Centralia and I get all like, what? Yeah. And I want to go there. And the only way that you want to explain it to me about why that's significant is you just repeat the name of it over and over again. Centralia! Yeah. Centralia. Like, try breaking it down and speaking slower like I might be a child. Because <laughs> that's his reaction, which is a very authentic nerd reaction. Yeah, I've definitely gotten that. Uh, we talked about it not too long ago when I, when I told you a, a brief story about how I had never seen Akira until I was much older. And a friend of mine just kept saying, you, Akira haven't seen he just went and lapsed into like schizophrenic shock yeah, yeah. Right? and it's like just use your words explain yeah. to me you know yeah. either you'll jog a memory or you know i'll be able to extrapolate why you're so excited <clears throat> out of something more than just the three words you keep repeating and before i get a million messages i've seen akira at this point in my life so we're we're good moving on i can share alfonso's excitement for going to this ghost town because provenance mm-hmm. or not the fact that it is a town like decimated by a psychopathic luchador. That aside, it's a ghost town. I'd be stoked to go there. And that sort of maybe sways the porn people into wanting to shoot their porn there. It all kind of makes sense. It's Steve that's excited. Alphonse is the, the, the porn director guy. Oh, shit. Oh, I thought his name was Alphonse. Mm-mm, it's Steve. I double checked because I was like, you keep saying Alphonse. and ah, I, fuck. Yeah. So I'll just say Steve a bunch of times and then we can just like edit it in and fix my brain. Why did they name the half Mexican guy Steve? I don't know. But I can understand Steve's excitement for this, like a person who's excited about Lord of the Rings and meets another Lord of the Rings fan. No, no, I get it. Any any sort of that camaraderie you feel with anybody and they become super animated. Steve basically does eventually fill them in. It takes him a little bit to stop fangirling. And when they're on the road, he basically just blubbers for half an hour about Mm -hmm. the history of this town that they're heading to. 
Now, this history was what I gave you guys, the brief description of what this fucking movie is actually about. So the idea is this. Stop me if you've heard this one. In the 1960s, the, 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 the president of Mexico at the time was a massive wrestling fan. And they didn't want to lose to particularly the Russians who were kicking ass in the Summer Olympics of the 19... I, like 1960, maybe 1964, I don't know. Maybe 1968. Yeah, I'm not an Olympics fan, so... <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's all um, Greek to me. So what we learn is that, I guess as an act of desperation, they killed the top three uh, Mexican wrestlers at the time. And then they made a new wrestler out of their body parts, because that's how that works. And... Then this wrestler started killing people. Now, mind you, this isn't presented as matter of fact in medical record. This is basically folklore, it sounds like. This weird, like a, like a, the Johnny Appleseed of Mexican wrestling who just happens to be a Frankenstein wrestler who kills people. Uh, they said that once they realized that he was too dangerous and he couldn't be used in the Olympics, they brought him to this old abandoned town and he's been there ever since. So... Yes, you're dealing with, if this is taking place in the modern times, you're dealing with a person who was a, a, a young person, a young adult, or at some age, we'll say conservatively, he may have been in, uh, this zombie might have been compiled of wrestlers who were in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. And so he is essentially living in this ghost town decades later, seemingly immortal. Well, I guess if you're a Frankenstein, you are basically immortal. Yeah, like what's the difference? Although... Uh, we'll get into one of the things that kind of irked me about it, because if you're going to have that story and you're not going to do any makeup, that would... He's not... Where's his... I want scars, scar, scar yeah. stitches, something, a, a pallor, anything. He's not rotting or anything at all. N- nothing. Yeah. I, he, he's, just, he's, a, he's a dude. He's a very muscly dude, and he looks... Uh, yeah, looks He's serious. He looks like a mad, muscular uh, Mexican wrestler, but... I mean, if you're saying he was compiled of body parts, and uh, even though that is only legend, they say that these wrestlers went missing, and it's said that he was compiled from the body parts of the best wrestlers that existed at the time, the three best wrestlers anyways. If if you're saying that part of the story is not true because you haven't committed any makeup to this character, but then the rest of the story is true, it's weird to me. Yeah, and medical science wasn't that far advanced not that far advanced to (laughs) stitch people together (laughs) let me make that clear yeah um but even when you are stitching one body part onto another or like transplants and stuff like that it's very obvious and in the 60s and 70s it was extremely obvious Mm -hmm. so there might not be the frankenstein stitches on Mm -hmm. everybody it's not going to look like a tim burton corpse bride type person at all but there's going to be some sort of evidence of medical fuckery. Do you think they just didn't care? Do you think that the actor maybe didn't want to have anything on him? Or do you think they just didn't have the time? Maybe just didn't have the time. Maybe they had planned on shooting him in a lot less light. Yeah. Well, if... Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're indoors in an insane asylum that's been uh, abandoned... Yeah. You're not going to have a lot of light. Yeah, it's probably they probably didn't plan on having him revealed the way that he was or continued to be in this film at all. Who knows? It could have been something like that. Mm-hmm. 
When they finally get to this town, they realize, oh, too late, that there was a single rock in the middle of the road. And they're going to run it the fuck over because Alphonse is not watching the fucking road. He is the only car on the road. It is one road. There is no turnoffs. There is one rock in the middle of the road and he fucking hits it. Just like there's one goddamn freeway off of this road and he missed it. Yeah. Super why fucking aggravating. Why is this guy driving? Yeah. Why is this guy driving? Because Steve's too busy going off about wrestlers and does not give a fuck about anything else. He's and, a super fanboy. And, and there's and the stoner guy is just a, like cartoonishly stoned. He's way too stoned like, to think. Even the hippies in the back of the van in Friday the 13th Part 3 aren't this fucking stoned. No. And they ate a bag of weed. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. Yeah, he's cartoonishly stoned. <laughs> like, seriously. Shaggy's more useful. Yeah, because yeah. it almost, it seems to me like he was written as someone who's never been high before. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I met some pretty useless stoners in my time. I've never. But not quite that useless yet. I know a lot so. of functioning stoners, so maybe that's why. Oh, 99% of the stoners I know are functioning, but some yeah. super chronic, useless, brain dead, happy, very happy. He definitely seems useless stoners he has no fit idea this bill. What he's doing. But anyway, they end up in this bar because now here's the new plan. We're not going to shoot this porn at the beach. What we're going to do is we're going to shoot it in this ghost town while Steve films them. And here's the premise. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, I'm very ready. Okay, so you have these uh, three beauties waiting at the bar and they're bored. So they're going to start doing each other because they're waiting for the plumber. That sounds like a perfect porn premise to me. Uh, yeah, I suppose in like 1972. I was hoping that they would have come up with some sort of coyote ugly thing. As much as I hate that idea and hate that film, they might as well turn it into like coyote ugly gone awesome yeah. in the minds of people who watch guy, porn like this. Guy comes in, wants water, but we all know what happens to coyote ugly when you order water. Like, oh no, H2O. And then you get sprayed by water and it's just like, well, I got some for you ladies to drink. And then... They, they're all like, yeah, fill it up in shot glasses, and they all take a shot at the end of it. I could be a porn director. Yeah, totally. You did a good job. You did a really good job. See, that's sort of where I was hoping that their creative juices would flow, but no. <laughs> creative juices would flow. <laughs> Listeners, the look she is giving me is very saddening. Why? I'm just waiting for you to stop laughing. I don't know. He just looks so disappointed in me. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I, good. I think disappointed is just my wrestling disappointment face. I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. So we 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 don't get much in the way of a foursome because well, one of the, one of the ladies is super sick and she fucks off to go vomit. And she is actually. I could care less to watch this scene because it's just the porn set up and i'm just like hey come on somebody get killed right mm-hmm. but she makes it interesting because i swear she's just gonna pass out any second and it's kind of hilarious it's pretty funny slapsticky yeah. one might say yeah um she should have thrown up on somebody that's what i really really wanted i thought that's what they were going with this yeah. honestly when the girls were getting up onto the bar and they were dancing it was weird to me because i was watching it and i was like yeah there's a film score but if you were to think about this in real life, these ladies are dancing to nothing because there's no music playing. So I, I would find it really weird if two people got up in a bar 
with only me and two other people there. No one's talking. And they're just like, woo, we're wild. We're having so much fun. And then they start dancing to no music. I would just think that I was at the lamest party ever. It is kind of the lamest party ever. And I thought girls just behaved like that because I don't really go out in the wild and people don't People don't dance to no music. Oh, okay. Why would... (laughs) That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I thought girls like that just had music playing in their little heads all the time. No, not at all. I, I was like, you need music to dance. It is the lamest party ever, though. I do agree with you there. But hey, isn't shooting porn kind of the lamest party ever? The most exciting, boring job you can possibly have is how I've uh, heard it described. You know, interestingly enough, both porn stars and wrestlers have described their jobs in the exact same way. Yeah, so I can see the marriage of the two in this film completely. Mm -hmm. Although the guy, Alphonse, tries to make it out to be the most exciting thing ever. He's super excited about it. He throws out a line about why he wanted to get into the, to be a porn director and how he wanted to be a filmmaker. And he says, no one remember, he says, I wanted to be Scorsese, but nobody remembers Taxi Driver. Like, first of all, that's a ridiculous sentence. Everyone remembers Taxi Driver. Second of all, he says, but Deep Throat, that's a classic. First of all, that's a funny line. That's, That's definitely a director or a writer speaking through their characters saying this is why, probably why, why are you making these dumb horror movies? Is it because cult classics or things that survive? I'm like, first of all, like, again, going back to Taxi Driver, like, of, of like, like all of Scorsese's films, like, I'm not being, like, a big fucking film snob or anything like that. I was like, of all of Scorsese's films, that is, A, the, has the biggest cult following. Yeah. And B, the most, like, like, grindhouse and offbeat movies from the 70s that you could possibly have. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, no, like, people can, people retroactively have called Taxi Driver a film, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird sentence to me. And not only that, but I was like, do people know, remember Deep Throat? Anyway, to the, to the matter at hand, one of our first kills, because our, our, our stumbly little drunk lady steps on some glass, and man, does she step on some glass. Makes her foot bleed, she cries, it's the most emoting she's done in a while. And then we are treated to a death scene that we don't get to see. Which I felt so ripped off by that point. Very, 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 very ripped off. This movie is not going to provide you with characters. This movie is not going to provide you with dialogue. This movie certainly is going to provide you with scenery because it's all very brown. Yeah, This movie can provide you with, let's be real here. This movie will provide you with nudity if that's what you want. This movie will provide you with violence if that's what you want. That is what this movie can serve up in large doses. It fails on both accounts. Um, although there's a lot of TNA in the movie, it's just... it's, it's It didn't it's, strike me as a lot of TNA. Well, uh, Maybe like, I'm just so used to it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. we'll get into it. But, like Just like the weird way that the ladies are shot. Um, what, when I say things, when things become gratuitous, I, um, like the porn setup scene, I get it. That's your premise. So that scene's not gratuitous to me. Yeah, when you, when you get all. into gratuity, it, it's just like, could this woman be in clothes in this scene? Could this, could the camera not be on her ass in this scene? Uh, could she not be spread eagle under a bar in this scene? Yes, yes, yes. That's when you're getting into, all right, all right, all right. This is why you're filming this movie this way, which is, I mean, I'm not here to judge, except I am, and I am. <laughs> anyway. I do like when she's hiding under the desk. I do like that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, we'll get to that. Fucking oh, so dumb. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we don't get to see the death, 
And I'm like, well, all right. Let's say that they're trying to build tension and they don't really want to reveal their killer. And this is a killer that kills you with wrestling, I guess. So it's very hands-on. And so it'd be hard to hide the character. It's happening in the middle of the fucking afternoon in the middle of the field. There's no real way to hide the character. Then again, your character is on the fucking box art. So I don't really know if it's really necessary to try to hide the character for tension's fucking sake when he's literally the first thing after the title that I can see. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Then we go back to the people who have finished their porn scene. Everyone's dressed. Because that's exactly what happens after you shoot porn. Everyone's just relaxed and dressed right away. No one is sweaty and gross and desperately needs a shower and wants to take a shower and then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, no, we're all completely done. So I'm like, fine, whatever. We're done with this, I guess. They have I- no facilities. And obviously it's supposed to be just some crappy garbage fucking backyard porn. But anyway, yeah. uh, Steve is about to do some sleuthing because after he, they had filmed the scene, he had noticed that there was a shadow that was outside the door, which means that there was somebody else there. I don't know why they're really alarmed because... If they could say after uh, the drunk woman, uh, Debbie or Daisy, whichever one, stumbles out of the bar and they say, well, there's another shadow there. At no point does Jimbo, who is another person there, say that that wasn't him or anyone ask if that was him, which would be the logical conclusion. They instantly say that there is another person not amongst their party that is at this location at the same time. That's not a logical conclusion to, to jump to. We know as the audience that there's another person there. They as characters shouldn't know that there's another person there. There shouldn't be any reason to be alarmed yet. And if they want to have the characters act like normal characters, they should have thrown a line out to Jimbo. He says, no, that wasn't me. I was over by the van the whole time. Then they know that that shadow unequivocally belongs to a person that is not in their party. That is how you fucking do that scene. Dipshit. Maybe they can't count very well. Well, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. Steve, like, for a dude that's just like, oh, my God, we're at this place. It's so haunted. And, and like, oh, my God, Mexican wrestling. He's so fucking enthusiastic and generally cheerful, considering he's with an, a bunch of assholes that don't fucking respect him. Yeah. And especially, like, the idea of where, where Alfonso was kind of like, hey, ladies, like, maybe you want to get in on, we'll do another scene and you can do it with Steve. And they basically just, like, ew, gross. I'm like... Ouch, that's not nice. Totally rude. So, and I was like, you could just say that you don't want to shoot another scene. It doesn't have to be about, like, I don't like the way this guy looks. I was like, that's kind of a dick move. But anyway, um, so I was like, I can't believe that Alphonse is not the biggest asshole in this scene right now. (laughs) But uh, he's trying, but he didn't make it that time. Um, So they have... They've basically established that, uh, that that this guy is like a generally excitable, cheerful guy. But he's instantly like, "Oh my god, there's somebody else here!" Instantly, there's somebody else here. He he, arguably one of the smarter characters. Uh, Dallas, who I would say, is more intelligent uh, by a mile than than uh, than him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's not a dummy. But I just say she's like got technical know-how and survival instincts and yeah. and shit like that. So I just kind of like she's street smart and book smart. Yeah, yeah. So she's kind of like jumped up in my estimation and just general intelligence for the characters in this movie. But like, even she didn't th- say like, Hey Jimbo, was that you? 
Yeah. It, like, I don't know why this bothers me so much. And I guess it doesn't fucking matter because people are listening. Because it's simple math. Because people, people are listening to this right now. Like, get the fuck over it, Wes. Like, it's WrestleManiac. Like, no, I don't care if it's WrestleManiac. I don't care if it's fucking Deep Throat. I don't care what it is. I don't like, care if it's Scooby-Doo. I don't care if it's Scooby-Doo. There's accountability in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I was like, could you just, like... You have all the actors there. That you don't have to change the camera. You don't have to get another actor in. You just have somebody else say one more line of dialogue, and I'd be fine. It's like little things like that drive me crazy. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> There's somebody else there. Yes, long story short, folks. Sorry. Yeah, it's um, okay. No, but they needed to establish that, and they just... It's weird. It's weird that they, they took the shortcut because yeah. because I, because they did, they want the people to be alarmed, but they're not really alarmed because most of the people are just chilling out. They want to get the fuck out of there. They're packing up the van to go, but of course the van doesn't hit uh, doesn't start because uh, Alphonse smucked it with that rock that did whatever. I don't know. Like I don't know. I mean, it can't be good when you see a rock that's higher than your fucking. Uh, front bumper you might want not want to roll over it but they did and so it's damaged something i would assume that it probably would have damaged something underneath the car uh but there's I'm, a lot of like big metal plates underneath vans and cars and stuff to protect from stuff like that it yeah. could have dislodged the rad but then there'd be like steam everywhere or something so you would know what was wrong you wouldn't have to tinker for a half an hour it seems like the, like at the end of the day that the the engine just isn't catching and so probably knocked a spark plug cable loose just guessing it's possible doesn't take I, hours to fix that it doesn't but i mean for the sake of uh keeping dallas occupied yes so uh so for the sake of figuring out that there's somebody else there which they could have done some other device for sure to establish that there's somebody else there without forcing you to count how many people are in the room <laughs> anyway. um, and even though that they, they they have suspicions that there might be somebody else there, one of the people that they have shown up with has gone missing. But then again, she is drunk. She's been passed out for hours. She woke up for 20 minutes and then she almost had to vomit. So they just assume that she's passed out somewhere. So Jimbo is going to grab a flashlight and he's going to go and look for her. Thank God. Because if they would have just been like, oh, she toddled off somewhere and passed out in the bush, it'd be like, then I would have probably been done with this film. Yeah. At least they go look for her. Yeah, Jimbo goes and looks for her, and then we are, man, when when you have a horror movie, and one of the principal things that you can do when you're trying to develop tension is to have scenes in which a character feels like they might be in danger. Now, with the first kill, they didn't bother doing tension at all. What they did was, was they showed a woman getting uh, very graphically injured, but she, aside from the fact that she's probably just freaking out and pissed off because she has a large piece of glass in her foot and she's bleeding profusely and there's arteries down there. So, and, and not only that, but you're in the middle of nowhere. So you start thinking, how do you even really write this ship? Do you just, you got to clean it, you got to cover it. Like there's all these things going through someone's head when they get a injury like this in a situation yeah. like that. So she's completely preoccupied. And then all of a sudden we get a brief POV shot and she's dead. We got Jimbo over here that is looking for, they try to build some tension shots, but they don't spend enough fucking time with it. Now, again, this movie has a very short runtime, 75 minutes or 77 yeah. minutes or whatever the fuck. So they don't really have a lot of time to dedicate to the tension. But my question to any writer or filmmaker is if you're not going to spend the time in your horror movie with tension, then what are you spending your fucking time with? If Because let me tell you, you're not spending any time with uh, gore. You're no, not, not spending really. any time with character development. So I'm, I'm, again, I'm asking you, what are you spending your runtime on? Even what comes later on to some of the more set piece style 
not well the kills yeah there's one or two but i actually had to rewind a couple of the sets so that i could drink it all in because mm-hmm. it happens so fast well, jimbo's jimbo's death was coming up i fucking yeah I, I was like oh what happened like he's he's getting like beaten around i guess but like i i honestly blinked and i was like oh shit it happens so fast yeah. and that is really the first set piece kill um later on there's other scenes where they happen just as fast they're not spending their time there they're certainly not spending their time on character development outside of steve Mm-hmm. And enough, like with Dallas too. Uh, enough with Dallas. Uh, we learn from Dallas as Jimbo is getting killed, and I'm not spending a lot of time with it, folks. Because folks, I'm not spending a lot of time with it, gang. Because I just don't fucking. I don't. They the, like why they decided to pop off two characters so quickly. It is it, it makes sense if they had a larger cast or a long a larger runtime, and they're going to spend more time with these other characters. Uh, basically, they kill off the two characters that have almost no dialogue or no character development within the first half an hour of the movie. They're both. Uh, or if they wanted to fix their first slight for us for having a kill that we don't get to see, with the second kill happening right after, yeah. why didn't they just not show us anything about where Daisy or whatever her name was had gone, mm-hmm. and have a body reveal later? I'm fine with that. It happens all the time. Yeah, they do. They do do that all the time. Yeah, it's a spectacular uh, and, technique. Mm-hmm. Body discovery is my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and some of our uh, most iconic slasher films of all time have devices in that, yeah. which which work. Now with this kill, you have an opportunity to really showcase what this maniac wrestler is going to do to somebody. Which ties into the lore of wrestling and a lot of what Steve has been telling. His friends filling mm-hmm. them in on how lucha labor wrestling works. Mm-hmm. Basically, like you were saying earlier in this episode, a mask lucha libre is basically uh, a mask luchador. Excuse me, is basically their mask is their iconic visage, and to have their mask removed is a supreme, ultimate insult. Uh, typically speaking, that was reserved for the utter and total defeat and humiliation of an opponent. Typically in uh, Lucha Libre, it would be for, for a wrestler who is retiring. Yeah, because they would be leaving. They, and they, if they weren't ready for, for retirement, that is like beyond the ultimate insult. You're stripping them of their career. Yeah, basically. Because let me the, the fans, the fans will not acknowledge you anymore. You've lost your cachet as a wrestler. You have been beaten and unmasked. Now, to build tension, they maybe have bad guy characters who will threaten to take off a luchador's mask, and then the crowd really pops, and then, you know, the, the hero can, like, fight out of it. You know, like, good tension like that. But, I mean, if they actually did it, or if a bad guy was actually going to do it, then you would just hate them more because, oh, they're always trying to unmask characters and oh no and then the kids get scared because they're like is he gonna get unmasked because that will be you you basically it is it is a fate worse than death it is yeah and that's what a really good villain that's what everyone wants for them too yeah um now his friends of course aren't taking all of this as seriously as Mm -hmm. even we are right now i know like i feel like damn it wrestlemaniac stop making me (laughs) get serious about you but luckily the killer with his I, I sort of think of this as the first kill because we don't get to see the first one anyway. But for the first real showing of what this killer is going to do to these people, we get shown how very seriously he takes it. Mm-hmm. So what what do you remove when someone isn't wearing a mask? Well, aren't we all wearing masks? We all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. Exactly. 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking. So basically what's going to happen to our fine friends in this film is catastrophic face failure. I like that. I like, you like that my a lot. alliteration. It there? is a catastrophic face failure. And he it's really her. the only thing that he can do. Yeah. He rips her faces off. <laughs> like if you've ever wanted to see someone's face just get grabbed and torn like I don't know, you're trying to rip fucking a big piece of meat in half. That's basically what you get in this movie. The effects aren't bad. Uh uh some shots, uh, I was like, ooh, you probably should have cut a little quicker on that because you can clearly see that. Or like dim the light just a little, let the light fade out, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. roll the face away. Yeah, like, I was like, could you get light. somebody, could you get like a thing in there to like roll people's lips back to just like yeah. really, because I mean, if you're taking someone's face, you're taking their lips too. Yeah. But I mean, if you're lifting up this big prosthetic and I can see there's clearly lips under there. It's kind of breaking the illusion for yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I know a little bit. But they did okay. Yeah, they yeah, did it's pretty not bad. okay. It's not bad. Yeah, it beats uh, uh, any Halloween costume I've seen of people with like catastrophic face failure. <laughs> they have a pretty good. So we, as the audience, have a pretty good idea of what's happening, and people are going to discover Jimbo's body, but not. Uh, so basically, what's going to happen is uh, Alphonse and Debbie, I guess go back to the town to look for everybody because it's now nighttime and Dallas says, hey man, I can actually fix the engine. So she's going to stay there and listen to her music and fix the van. And that's pretty much it for old Dallas. Not that she's going to die at this point, but just the rest of the movie is going to take place without her presence i really expected her to die as soon as she puts her headphones on sticks her head underneath the hood oh yeah i was like well goodbye forever yeah but, <laughs> I, I was surprised that she made it yeah me too as long as she did now so steve alphonse and debbie go back and they look for everybody they eventually do come across old jimbo's body and he's got his face removed and everyone is pretty grossed out by that um like you would be oh yeah absolutely yeah Pretty shocking. Surprising that they haven't found the other body. No, not at all. At all, because they're it's dark out. It's dark out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it that. That's how I'll explain that away. <laughs> they didn't look for her hard enough. Now that when we encounter the wrestler El Mascarado, who is just getting ready to fucking beat ass. Now let me ask you this, Lydia. Yeah. If you were seeing a wrestler uh-huh. killer, uh huh, and he was killing people. And fighting them. With wrestling moves? No. Oh. But would you want him to use wrestling moves? Yes, I would. Would you want to see him, I don't know, like, suplex somebody into something, like, hard and, like, watch their body break? Or do you want to see them do, like, an elbow drop and his just elbow just, like, crushes their I kind of want to see what I got to see in 13 Ghosts where you pick somebody up and crack their back over atop anything, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. a crack of people in half. Yeah, I want to see them crack people in half. I definitely want to see them um, pull spinal columns out of people. Something, uh, right? Something, yeah. Something. Um, I want to see them put someone in a sleeper hole till they go right to sleep. Yeah. The big sleep. The big sleep. Yeah. I- I'd like to see some really awesome slams that result in somebody vomiting copious amounts of blood. Do you think it's because they didn't really have a stunt team and these actors couldn't take the bumps? Could very well be, yes. Because it seemed weird to me. What do you, There's a lot of 
I'm pushing you. There's a lot of punching. There's a lot of I'm kind of grabbing you by the scruff of the neck and the bottom of the pants and I'm <laughs> throwing you like you're a piece of luggage. There's a lot of that. There are some wrestling moves later on, to be fair, yeah. but not a hell of a lot. Not enough. Not but enough not, at all. Yeah. For, I'm just like, do a drop kick. Yeah. Anything. Like, I don't know. Like, I was expecting way more action in this. Yeah, me too. And and I and I and I was like, oh man, if this guy is gonna do like sweet wrestling moves to show, you know, because there's always like this carny aspect of wrestling where they're talking about how the moves like they're like, oh, it's stretching on the spine of this person, or it's oh, the pain, the pain in this person's lower body has got to be unbelievable right now. And they're trying to explain to you how these wrestling moves work because when you're looking at it, you're it's like, how does that hurt? What is it doing precisely to someone's body? And you always have somebody like the ringside, like like the 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 Jerry the King Lawlers and shit, like explaining to you the, the science behind the moves that they're doing. But I so I thought, oh man, that's what they're gonna do. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna tell. They're gonna show what really would happen if you were to like tombstone somebody. Yeah. Like what would really happen to the human body? Nothing good, right? No. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, and that's exactly what I had signed up to see and having seen Rey Mysterio and any of the high flying any even most luchador anyway um do have some pretty fucking dynamic moves oh hell yeah yeah and this is the same family this is the same you know he's Rey Mysterio would have learned these moves from somebody Mm -hmm. um you'd like to think that within the same family that some of these moves are inherent if they're not just like a natural thing that they do and that's how they you know they're basically parkour when they walk down the street right oh yeah basically yeah that's what you would expect but you don't get it at all no not at all it's just it's really tame and it's really it's it's really much more of a slasher but not even an entertaining one uh you know on the dvd we saw a commercial for hatchet and i was like there we go like, yeah. like that's, that's that's like a cartoon level of slasher kills that i was kind of hoping would be in wrestlemaniac yeah same here huge letdown the only saving grace is that you get to see somebody's face get ripped off decently. Yeah, that's true. Now, yeah. old Alphonse does the old, uh, uh, it's always, I always call it the Burke move. This is like in Aliens, like Paul Reiser blocks people off so they can't escape. And then he is in another room and then he ends up getting killed. So like anytime that a character ever closes a door and other people can't get out or can't get in. And then he ends up being the one that actually dies. I'm like, no one likes you, Burke. Goodbye. You got burked. You got burked. Yeah. Um. So Alphonse gets burked because there's this fucking like nine inch nail like just sticking outside the door or whatever. And he gets his throat hit on that. And then I, I'll tell you, I do like this quite a bit. Um. He gets his, his mouth on that ledge a yeah. bunch of times. And I'm like, okay, now we're talking. Because that's where he's banging his head off the side of the ropes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I was like, that's what you're envisioning. Yeah, it's one the little... of the few ones where even he's killing somebody <clears throat> off of an object that has nothing to do with wrestling necessarily. You're seeing the wrestling moves. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inherent in this killer. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, yeah. That's one like, of my. This is one of my favorite kills. He's like bouncing the head off the turnbuckle, and this guy's getting fucked up. And yeah. it's good effects on the mouth. I liked it quite a bit. You see the broken teeth. You see him spitting out the teeth. 
Um, so if you have a problem with your, like, I kind of get wigged out when I see people's like teeth get smashed in. Cause I'm always like, Oh, so painful. For as much as I don't like mouthy scenes and things with teeth and stuff like that. I fucking love seeing somebody get their face smashed in. Mm-hmm. Cause, so I always, I really like I, Cause I always think it's like, even if they survive this, that's a lot of dental work that they have to go through now. Like yeah. if, if they're going to save any of that, I don't know if they can. Yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking about the whole time. I'm so weird. It's done very, very well. So I can see your, your mind going exactly there. Where, where I, where I was looking at this guy's mouth as he was like spitting out his teeth and like what was remaining and i kept i couldn't help but think i was like what what is salvageable in that mess right there could they save any of it would they just pull the rest of them out because i was like those teeth look fucked they would definitely up. have to because they'd have to rebuild all that bone yeah they'd ha- yeah yeah i was like you may as well just fucking nix the rest and get some front dentures that, that'd be the easiest way to do not it. not even front dentures at that point they might have to just put a huge metal plate Mm-hmm. You know, from his nose down, and then bolt teeth to that. Oh yeah, that could be that could be a way to go too. Yeah, but I mean, this guy is fucked up, and then the piece de resistance, catastrophic face failure. Yeah, <laughs> he gets his face ripped off. Now, uh, Steve and Debbie are running for their lives, and they manage to turn a corner. And of course, and what inevitably happens is. You went left when you should have gone right because you did not get out of this place, which is ridiculous to me because it's not a very large place. There's one main street out the front door, which you fucking came from, and the gate can't be closed because you cut the the chain off with bolt cutters, and that made the entire door fall forward. So yeah. it's not like you're barricaded <laughs> in here at all. Which just my brain now that I know is just like this is this is so perfect insane asylum setup. Of course you're going to get lost in the bowels of an insane asylum. Yeah. And by this point, because they've already got this underground feel to this, even mm-hmm. though we know they're just in a like little ghost town, mm-hmm. um, they do have, like, the the sun has gone down, the light has changed. So you do have this claustrophobic, underground, trapped feeling. They do at least create that, and they are able to at least create that feeling. But then now knowing that this is supposed to be an insane asylum, it would all make sense. But it doesn't. In the current application. So you have, you find his lair. You find the wrestler's lair where he's got his collection of faces that he's stolen, his masks, you might want to call them. I would have liked to seen uh, the, 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 the skinned faces on the wall are definitely done with digital effects. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe a progression, like, you know, maybe the first few at the very top, were actual masks as he was still kind of doing in wrestling mode <laughs> like wrestling mode and then killing actual wrestlers killing actual wrestlers and then as it progresses it's like maybe this mask looks okay and kind of clean but then the next one is like maybe ripped and then the next one is like ripped and bloodied and then the next one is like totally fucking gross and then the next one is a face you know what i'm saying it so just it happens just, to be wearing a lot of makeup yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. something like that where and then it's just no now he's just taking face and he cannot yeah. differentiate from this now before we we find this layer um uh, I, I should probably back up a little bit because I did miss the fact that they find there's a bit of a library scene. They have a they have a bit of a library scene. They find well, almost every scene with Steve hasn't been a fucking library scene because he is just expo dump, expo dump, expo dump. Mm-hmm. Yes, this scene is Steve discovering some audio tapes. It's it's very much like the scene in Evil Dead, mm-hmm. where the, except he, or in a lot of video games. Yeah, you, you know, records. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Uh, I, I love that type of shit, especially in some uh, mystery survival horrors. I love encountering audio tapes. There was a really cool one in, uh, in a recent 360, recent 360 game, maybe like six years ago, the remake of Splatterhouse, where they had a lot of audio stuff that you could discover that was really, really cool. Anyway, um, so this is kind of the same thing. It's all in Spanish, as you would expect. Steve, even though he's said that he doesn't know his way around Mexico and he he's like, I was, I was born in Seattle. Like, I don't really know anything about this. He seems to have a basic understanding of Spanish and a very big love of Mexican wrestling. So. The way I look at it, it's the same way that we would be able to piece together if this were in French. Mm-hmm. Having taken French till myself, at least grade 11, advanced French, and having had French around me and French family members, I'm pretty sure I'd be able to piece together especially medical speak and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is not as slangy and people speak a little clearer I'm, i totally get i totally believe the way that they've approached steve trying to listen to the spanish recording all right all right so they have old steve uh barely be able to make out what the person is saying he basically explains to them that the reason why the town is abandoned is because of the fact that well this wrestler killed them all and they were trying to give him a bunch of lobotomies they were trying to do anything they could to make him controllable to quell his rage but he just indiscriminately kills a lot of shock therapy a lot of things that would have been available in say an insane asylum yeah which again it's so funny that you told me this after the fact because i was just like i I, even in that scene i was like what is this equipment doing in a town yeah it doesn't make any sense i was like it's like you have this old audio equipment you have this place that kind of looks like a laboratory you have this old radio stuff if they would have explained it like i've been to an abandoned uh prison burwash um i didn't get to go and see as much of burwash as many people i know have because it was mostly condemned by the time i saw it and there was a security guard and stuff like that but a lot of people used to break in and burwash is basically this town um it was in the 70s a huge sprawling complex of a super jail it was like the 70s equivalent of a super jail before they started building super jails And it's more like a town because there is a few main larger jail type buildings, but they had uh, stores, they had little canteens, like little pubs, but without booze. And they had like quarters for the guards and for like prisoners that were there on a work farm because it was a huge work farm. So they had also farm equipment and farm buildings and outbuildings and they had like it was like a little fucking town so they would have said and that's where almost i expected it to go is to be like oh this isn't really a town at all this is some sort of facility but sadly it didn't go there either no (laughs) would have explained all of this though it would have it would have explained what all that shit was doing there and the amount of time that i like watching horror films that take place in hospitals that's what i expected but didn't get it now we learn along with steve that well, the way to stop him, because they have to have a way to stop this guy, is to remove his mask. In the same way that he is defeating people and removing their faces as if they were masks, if you were to actually remove his mask, I don't know if like I don't know if they're trying to suggest that he'll turn to ash, but at the very least, he'll stop killing and be humiliated and banished and he'll never wrestle again which just sounds crazy this is sort of like you have a rabid raccoon that's wrecking up your backyard and someone says put jam on its nose like what the fuck how are you gonna get close enough to this fucking guy okay brilliant plan steve (laughs) 
Well, I'll tell you, once they find his lair, Steve understands what he has to do. Steve understands that the only way to defeat this wrestler is to approach him as a wrestler. Now, Lydia, let me tell you, Steve has been training for this moment his entire life. No, he fucking hasn't. Well, wait. Now, hang on a second here. He's got the El Tigre mask in his back pocket. Oh, that's all he needs, I guess. And And he realizes that this lair is a makeshift wrestling ring. It's like... Listeners, to give you an idea, it's shittier than like the backyard wrestling rings. Like it only vague. There's things that make you kind of think, oh, okay, yeah, it's a wrestling ring. The floor is kind of red, and there's like molding on the walls that make you kind of think that they're ropes. And it's a room. It's a big room with a bunch of fucking faces on the walls. Uh, it's pretty gross. It's pretty bloody. Uh, not. Uh, it's it's a good set piece scene. I like it. I wanted them to linger on it more. Uh, me too. I wanted a guided <clears throat> tour of each face. That would have been nice, except yeah. it would have exposed how not great the digital effects were on those faces. But, well, we got a new fucking, there's a new game in town. So Debbie and Steve are in there, and she's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, we got to beat him and take his mask off, and then we'll win. We'll, we, we'll, we're going to stop this son of a bitch from ever killing again. This is where I'd be looking around for like 20 masks. I know the guy's going to kick my ass, and I know he's going to try and tear my fucking mask off. And the only mask I got on underneath that mask is my face. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep my face. You can fuck him up by wearing a bunch of masks yeah. at once. It's like yeah. you got like five masks on, and he like pulls one off, and you're like, all right. Round two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be looking. I don't care how filthy, dirty these masks are. I put my mask on, my LT gray mask on first, and then just pile on as many fucking masks as I could find. Stick a burlap sack over that. I don't know, something. You could put someone's uh, ripped face over top of that. Oh, that would be brilliant. See, and there's loads of those. Yeah, I know. You, you could easily like fight that guy 30 times. That's what I'd have to do. Yeah, I know. It's like Because he's not going to actually use wrestling moves on me. It's like, it's like pretty much the Konami code of wrestling a killer 30 guys 30 guys yeah (laughs) so this is where i stopped hating you for 20 seconds thank you and and i sat up and i because i got a little fucking all right all right i like your main event it's my main event i was like first of all steve looks great in that mask he's got a big fucking physique he's not a muscular guy but he looks fucking like yeah, he put the mask on, and honestly, I'm like, that totally fits. Like, he totally looks like a fucking big dude that might be a big Mexican wrestler. And he, and then you're expecting fucking anything, Lydia. Anything, and they do the worst. I get it. You don't have a proper stunt team. Maybe you don't have time for choreography. I don't know. But if this is your big set piece for fuck's sake it's a movie show me something instead of telling me something please 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 because what they do is they pan outside the room as the brawl the brawl is about to happen yeah thank you and the wrestler gets in you just it's just behind closed doors you don't see any of it you hear yelling and screaming and shouting and you get from the audio work that he doesn't sound like Jaboy is doing too well in there. And then we see Debbie crawl, try to basically, well, he's fucked. Tough titties. I got to move on with my life. And she tries to crawl away. She gets dragged back 
by her ankles back into the room. And this is the closest thing to a wrestling move we see. <laughs> it's the, the the killer puts her into a backbreaker, very gently lifts her down into the most kind backbreaker I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And then they just put some sound effects in there. It's probably them just like twisting some uh, like poppy plastic. and Which and, works. Which works. Yeah, totally and then I works. guess she's dead. And... Well, or at least just very hurt. And we see out of the corner, Steve's, I guess, been hurt, but he's not down. He's still able to fight. And he tries to fight back. There's a bit of a struggle. Again, not a whole fucking hell of a lot happens. Um, Debbie gets her face ripped off. And uh, this is where it's, I mean, it's a God, that's got to hurt like fucking hell. It's good blood effect. It's a good effect. I mean, she's still kind of alive, so it's actually pretty gruesome. But... Then Steve basically just lets that happen. I was like, you couldn't, you're not dead. But anyways, uh, then he's going to fight him. The The wrestler fucking gets up onto a barrel and does like his big top rope move, which is, which is again, another wrestling move, I guess. And then he just jumps on top a of flying him. Flying frog. Well, yeah. He frog splashes him. That's a family him. move, actually, yeah. And then he basically puts his hand on Steve's chin and just sort of pushes his head and there's some sound effects. I was like, are you, are you breaking his neck? What are you doing? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then Steve's done. Debbie's got her face ripped off and oh yeah, by the way, Dallas is still alive. Yeah. She fixed the car though. Yeah. Miraculously still alive. Miraculously still alive. Now let's talk. I did it. I would have enjoyed this scene a lot more, not only if there was more wrestling moves and if there was more allusion to the setting that they were in, if someone would have like been thrown against the wall and more faces interaction with the the faces. I would have really enjoyed that a lot more and more blood and more maybe broken limbs. I would have liked a lot more broken limbs. Yeah. I would have liked them to show me the fight that they just built up. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that. How about that? <sighs> what a shame. What a shame. Anyways. Um, what, what the fuck did I even say? So you have Dallas here who's managed to fix the car. Very, uh, very handy woman to have around in a jam. She now, where the fuck is everybody? People have been gone for seemingly hours. I'll go and look for them. Now she looks all over the place. This is the first time we get to see actually the body of our very first victim. Now Dallas is right there. She has a flashlight. She even passes the flashlight in her general direction twice doesn't seem to see her there. So I guess it's just the perspective that makes it seem like she's ridiculously close and not incompetent. I hated that shot. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. He's like, you don't need a flashlight. You don't need a flashlight. I was like, they've established that this abandoned town has power. So, like, I don't even know what to say about it. Who's paying for that power? Why does it turn on at night? What's going on? Is it it's on its own generator, Lydia? Do you think that's what it was? I've seen abandoned places that have power still, for sure. All right, fine. It's not dumb then. It's it's brilliant. It's dumb. Um, so I remember going to an abandoned house once. It had power, and this it just reminded me of this. And one of my friends plugged in a phone, and the phone still worked. And this place had been abandoned for like God, seven or eight years. It's the weirdest thing. Now that I think about it, I'm buying it. There's a lot in this movie I don't buy, but I'll buy that this place has power. All right, fine. So I also buy the fact that Dallas, while looking for her friends, sees out of the corner of her, of her eye through a reflection that the luchador is behind her and going to hit her with a pipe, I guess. And she ducks right the fuck out of the way. I wish she, it would have been a folding chair. 
It would have been pretty funny if it was a folding chair, but it wasn't. It was a pipe. And she manages to scramble away and thus begins a very erotically charged chase scene. Sounds like you're getting into it. I'm not getting into it. It's dumb. And not since. Not since. This has taken, this has been replaced something in my horror brain. When I use an example of just egregious bullshit that makes me angry. Yeah. Uh, Going back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Let's be clear. The remake. I was just gonna say it's got to be about the remake. There's nothing wrong with the original. No, the original, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite movies. Not in the way I'm thinking that you're talking wrong here. Yeah. So we have uh, in the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, ladies and gentlemen, there was an actress in it named Jessica Biel. Uh, you might remember her from Seventh Heaven, or you might remember her from a lot of other things that she's done since. She's very successful, or she was. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else personally. I was familiar with her from Seventh Heaven. I don't uh, know what that. Is. It was a, a, a movie. No, a it was a television show. Oh, okay, okay. So anyway, uh, that I watched all the time. Now she is in uh, the the slaughterhouse, and Leatherface turns on the sprinklers, and she gets soaking wet, and then he just turns the sprinklers off. The end. Is this to make her shirt tight? It's to pay, make her wet and slick. And she was wearing a white tank top. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Jessica Biel becomes uh, a woman who was dry to a woman who was wet and wearing a white t-shirt. And it was the craziest thing ever. Because it doesn't... I was like, is it because you're trying to say that Leatherface is a big old perv? And he's just like, I want her wet. Is that what you're saying? I never got it. I because I didn't. No, because we already know that he's not a perv. That he has the mind of a seven year old. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. I was yeah. like the character, and and they go out of their way to establish that in yeah. that movie. Yeah, that he basically he has the mind of a child. Yeah. So why did why did he do that? And I was just like, we need to get her wet. There's a million. There's a reason why this bothers me. If you want to take a, a, a beautiful woman and you want to make her wet for your movie because it's. You know, you're just like, oh, you know, it's just this is something for the this is something for the the teenagers. Fan service for the the guys. Yeah, Yeah. so that's what we're doing. We have a. Well, I don't want to just blame guys because there's a lot of female friends of mine that just love this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like who doesn't like to see a beautiful person just a little slick? So great, fine. I'm not, and I'm that is not my fucking gripe with the movie. It is context. It is always context. You can have these things in your movie if it makes any fucking sense. Yeah. Make the pervy guy turn the stuff on, not the guy with the mind of a child that doesn't think like that. And we already know he doesn't think like that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that or have it be an outside influence that she accidentally gets what she tries to escape somewhere and water pours out. Oh, bummer. Yeah. You know, something like that. Make it fit. Don't just do it for no reason. Yeah. Because it, and it's, it's so crazy. He's like, he turns it on. She gets nice and wet for a few minutes there, and then he just turns it off. I was like, what is that? That used to be the most egregious thing to me. And I'd be like, and I'll always use it as an example yeah. of just, this is just so fucking dumb. We can figure and, out a way to make her wet and sexy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is just yeah. so lazy. It's okay. so lazy. So now this is the new one. This, the the this new replaces. one is this entire chase sequence. Uh, which you don't like it when she hides and the way she tucks her legs up? Because it's already been told to us that she's like a human pretzel she's very bendy but the camera angle of her just like her crotch right to the camera her legs spread her holding her ankles back and just freeze 
Just and, and she's hiding from somebody. I've she's never, the only person that could ever hide there. I've never seen anyone hide like that. It is fucking absolutely ridiculous. That's and the only place she could hide. She's the only person that could hide there. It's like a miracle, man. It's a Christmas fucking miracle in the okay. desert. Okay, fine, whatever. Let's talk I'm not about really her. Defending it. Let's let's talk funny. about. I kind of like that scene. Like her crawling through the bus, just ass first. Like <laughs> like just like she's crawling through the bus, trying to hide from the guy. This is almost like. This is almost like as fucking ridiculous to me as if it was like one of these like Wayne's Brothers productions mm. where they're trying to make fun of slasher movies for doing this type of yeah, fucking shit. Yeah, so it's like it's a um, scary movie. It's scary movie. Yeah. That's thank running you. through sprinklers. Running through sprinklers because yeah. guess what, folks? The next scene of her is she's in a barrel full of water, hiding from her. She gets up. Guess what, guys? Great. She's soaking wet now. Soaking wet. She's wearing a white top. Don't worry about it. Oh, itty-bitty jeans in your way? Don't worry, because she's going to catch her jeans on a nail, and then her pants are going to rip like they're Adidas tearaways, and then she's just going to be in her little panties, and, uh, and if you're worried about what her ass might look like, don't worry, because when she's running away, they're going to fucking lock that camera on there. Fucking steady cam that shit and follow her booty all the way up the fucking wherever she's going. That's how they're fucking filming this chick. And then just to make sure all their fetishes are covered, she's going to be doused in blood soon. So Sweet. thank God, because <laughs> I was starting to get bored. I know, you're like, water, underwear... Boo! But she's going to fall face first into blood and just be drenched in it. On one hand, you know, when you're <clears throat> trying to get away from a killer, wiggling through a, an abandoned bus, and your ass is in the air. Girls have asses. People have asses. There's fat deposits on the buttocks. When you are... I like how you said buttocks. Well, <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> it's funny. That's just the way it is going to look, and it is all dependent on where you're putting that camera or yeah. how bootylicious your actress is mm -hmm. or how much of a cat in heat you're trying to channel when mm -hmm. you're animalizing your character not on like a peacock <laughs> you know all of those things come like women have breasts and when you're running in your ear like your shirt gets soiled or whatever it's going to have a different look than a dry shirt that's mm -hmm. for sure yes it's all in where that camera is placed mm -hmm how bootylicious up front you are. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just grabbed my own boobs. Sweet. <laughs> That's okay. And how much channeling of cat and heat from your actress you're getting, right? Because yes. I've seen actresses be almost in the exact same situations, filmed very, very similarly with no sexuality, no sensuality to it at all. Mm -hmm. um, a good example of women maybe not being completely, almost completely nude and then drenched in blood unfortunately, uh, is The Descent. There's Descent, all sorts yeah. of scantily clad-ish women there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that um, but again, are doing these same things, like having to wriggle through things or mm -hmm. butt in the air or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, all in where you put that camera. It's all in the way your actress is channeling these yeah. things. And but this is on the built on the premise of a, of a porn shoot, I right? I get porn it. actresses. I, I get it. Like, believe me. And, and, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm vilifying women for having body parts. Yeah. Or, or that, but again... I'm just trying to be the Narcan for your overdose there. Because... The filming is about choices. Mm -hmm. And choices, to me, like ring so much truer. Where you put that camera tells me what you're trying to tell me. 
Uh, and it and, also tells a lot of time for me, I'm not, I don't think they're as worried about what they're trying to tell me, quote unquote, but they're trying to, this is just their personality. That's fine. Yeah. And, 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 and again, I just think that it was ridiculous. And if, and, and you know what, if, if she hadn't just jumped into a barrel of water, jumped out of a barrel of water, got her jeans caught on a, a hook <laughs> and then ripped her pants off in one chase sequence, maybe I wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah. But but the fact of the matter is she did. There was no reason for just like you're not wearing pants anymore. Like there was no reason for that. Like No, and there is a lecherous gaze. It's not like I hate when people refer to it as the male gaze because I know enough females that look at women in a way more lecherous way than most guys I know. So not using the term the male gaze, but there is a lecherous gaze mm-hmm. for most of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But it's funnier than Abbott and Costello. It is funnier than Abbott and Costello because you you find yourself rolling your eyes at just how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, so enough about Dallas. She's a very beautiful woman. and Now know, she's covered in blood. And now she's covered in blood. And she's covered in blood because old Steve is not down for the count yet. Because one of the things that uh, I learned, uh, medically speaking, about this movie is you don't need a face to be alive. It's true. It's very true. You have the nerve endings pretty much... Like it's not even ultra painful because your nerve endings get overloaded with that incredible amount of pain mm-hmm. and start shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, at the top of your head, there's a lot more blood. You'd have a lot more blood loss, but your actual face, those smaller capillaries would start clotting pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's people that have that have had had tremendous trauma to their faces and heads. Uh, that, that one person got her face eaten by a monkey. Mm-hmm. Remember that, mm-hmm. and she was still alive. Yeah. But uh, but apparently, the, I mean, I mean, look, he's done other things to them, so it's not he's just ripping their face off. But Steve's still alive uh, for now, and he basically can gutter out the information that Dallas needs. Again, just fucking Basil exposition that he is. You got to remove his mask. You've got to get that mask off of his face to defeat him. And uh, Dallas is ready for her final showdown. And this is what I dig about this lady, because, man, she finds the biggest, nastiest piece of wood I've ever seen in my entire life. You want to talk about, like, someone's like, he hit me with a board with a nail in it. Which should have almost been the cover of this film. I swear. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I yeah. bet you it should have been, too. Like, I, I would have loved to seen a picture of her looking all fucking disheveled and badass with that massive board with... Like fucking nine inch nails just sticking out of it. It's like the most metal thing ever. Yeah, something out of like the Warriors. Oh the yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. And she puts it to good use because when uh, the the WrestleManiac himself comes through the door, she buries that shit in his back, and then he drops his pipe, his implement, his foreign object, as they would say in wrestling, and she jams that pipe right through him seemingly done now we know that well that's not going to take him get rid of him and so she decides to go at to removing his mask in a really weird way because she's doing it with all the dangerous stuff up front i was like i was like come on girl like get around him and get behind him and then pull it off this way where even i was like you see how big that guy's fucking shoulders are there's no way he could reach you from back there because it's like his own (laughs) like a tyrannosaurus rex yeah Yeah, yeah. And pull it off as fast as fucking possible. Yeah. No, but she kind of like just like picks at it a little bit and then he gets up and, uh, well, she runs away. And one of the things that we missed is that this movie starts off with a shot of the outside of the main building. I guess it's a church. 
of of this because uh, that would have been the largest building in an old town like this. Definitely. It has her running out, blood on her face, screaming, and she's running towards the camera. And then we cut into the main part of the story. Now we're back to this portion of the movie. So it's it's looped back to, okay, well, this is where we started. We know Dallas is the lone survivor. We know that she's running away from this luchador. And she's running and screaming at the top of her lungs because the the, 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 the door sort of swing open through a gust of wind and she could see the van the van works she knows it works she fixed it herself she has the keys that she had lodged in the wrestler's hand she pulled the keys out she has the way to to activate this uh this uh bestial vehicle and <laughs> then she's on to freedom and then the doors close again it's uh, you know it's actually a little bit more artistic than this movie has any right to be and then when she opens the door again and she's screaming at the top of your lungs, you're like, why is she screaming so much? Why is she? Because she wasn't panicked the last time we saw her. And now she's totally fucking panicked. Well, we get an idea is, is that when she come comes to a screeching halt, uh, I'm like, oh, she's definitely fucked. Like there's something wrong with her. And the camera almost like it kind of reminded me in that scene in Dead Snow where the dude was running and he bumps into the tree and then he runs a little bit more and like he had caught his intestines on and like way <laughs> fucking back and he'd like basically ripped his guts out from here to there yeah and you're like what wait, what's wrong <laughs> what's wrong um and she i guess while she was attempting to run away uh our wrestlemaniac he managed to get the pipe out of his torso and probably hurl it like a javelin yeah through her torso and it pans down, she's bleeding profusely, she crumples to the ground, and she dead. Yeah. The only hope for a final girl. She would have made a pretty decent final girl. I was fine with that. She yeah. had all the, 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 the markings of a final girl. She was uh, uh, squirrely and clever and, you know, self-reliant. So Flexible. Yeah, yeah, flexible. Anyways, so then... <laughs> I was so happy, though, to have a film where everybody fucking dies. I've seen it before, so it's not like I didn't find oh, that. We've all seen it before, but I liked it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have this one scene where it's just, well, now he's got a van. It's the 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 wrestler is just listening to tunes. He's gonna take this show on the road, where, and he's gonna drive away. I suppose this entire time he was just waiting for someone with a working vehicle. I don't know because we had this discussion earlier before we started recording about okay, so if this guy, you know, it's not an insane asylum, mm-hmm. it, like totally delete the idea that it could have ever been an insane asylum. This guy hangs out in this abandoned ghost town all of his life. Like what, sixty fucking years, fifty fucking years? Yes, yeah, usually just waiting for people. And skinning them, like taking, ripping their faces off, whether it's one person, a whole family, whatever. Okay, where is the car graveyard? Because that's my favorite thing about like hillbilly or off the beaten path horror is the car graveyard. That's one mm. of my favorite things. And I don't care how re- overused and rehashed it is. There's no car graveyard. There's no evidence that other people have been there. Mm-hmm. Does he spend most of his time cleaning up the area and sweeping all the footprints away? Is that what he does? Where did all the other things attached to those faces go to? So he's like cannibalizing meat and animals. There was thirty to like forty, that. maybe even fifty faces faces on the yeah. walls. So there's no suitcases, cars, nothing like that. He's never seen a car, like you had said. How do they fucking get there? Donkeys? Yeah, like how like all these people who had gotten to this close there's a couple of like places where you say, oh, that's a rusted out old truck or that's something else, but not enough. No, it's and, not and, enough. And, and, and also begs the question, why now? 60 years. Yeah. Walk out. Yeah. You don't need food. You don't need water. 
You don't like you. You it's can like a juggernaut. Yeah, you can yeah. take insane amounts of damage. Walk. What's keeping you there? Nothing, apparently. And now you have the van, and now you're going to take this trip somewhere. Like, and where are you going? Yeah, that's the other just thing. Nowhere. Yeah. But I kind of like the mindlessness of that too. Yeah. Where he's just gonna drive. It was a fun watch for me in that comedy horror sense. Even though it's not going, it's not shooting to be a comedy at all, at all, at all, at all. I will say this: I respect people who make things. I respect people who put themselves out there, who write scripts, who direct movies, who act in films, who do anything. I, I respect you because you're putting yourself out there, and it's not always going to be good. Fucking Christ! Like the, 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 not everything I do is good, and 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 things other thing people do aren't necessarily good. It does It's not. That's not what I'm bitching about so like on the one hand you know you did a thing you all did a thing you all made a movie that was really difficult to make because movies aren't easy to make it's a lot of fucking it's a lot of fucking time blood sweat and tears and i hope that if these people get a sequel they do better i'm telling you but they can't not because you know at the end of the day for a debut effort this isn't that bad. All the elements of a of a decent film are there. There there was one particular shot where Dallas was waiting for the wrestler to come into the room where she had the 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 board poise and it was a very close shot of her face and her eye and I said out loud Oh, that's a really beautiful shot. Yeah. So there's, it's not, look, the movie's not total dog shit. I just would, I just can't imagine myself recommending this to anybody. I can imagine myself recommending it to you. And you did. And it's funny because I was so close to texting you at four o'clock in the fucking morning when I was watching this. And I was like, I don't even care if I wake her up. I was going to text you, I fucking hate you for making me watch WrestleManiac at 4 o'clock in the morning. I was going to text you with some buffer texts to be like, okay, now this is why I want to watch this. This is what this film does for me. And this was the intended locale of this film, which does change quite a bit. Like, normally when you explain a way a film not explain a way a film but like explain why a film scene looks the way it does with the wouldas couldas and shouldas no one gives a shit and it almost makes people angrier this is one of the rare instances where it's like oh okay i get it and it, it does it elevates the movie to a certain point because you can sort of empathize with the filmmakers and the actors involved with what they would have had to deal with and it's like well at that point what do we do not make a fucking movie yeah you have a good point yeah so that's why I enjoy WrestleManiac. So what do we got next for him? Coming up next, we have Cabin Fever. Oh. Yeah. Because like with Oculus, I didn't have enough with wrestling. Now I'm I'm satiated with the look and suggestion and reasonable facsimile of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But now I'm all excited about being off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get more off the beaten path than Eli Ross classic Cabin Fever, which I have not seen since it came out so this would be a fun trip for me i hadn't seen it till it came out and i watched it like a couple months ago in preparation for the remake the from what i gather completely useless remake which i'm definitely going to try and watch before we record our talk on cabin fever which i'm really looking forward to awesome
And that's it. On that note, I'm Wes Knight. I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. Did you want me to be like El Typical Lydia Adore? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh,